Hey, Dwarf Hope Northeast. This is Cameron here with another sort of midweek update to our podcast. Uh, This is another one I'm really excited about for multiple reasons. It's a conversation between Joel Law and Josh Wilder, uh, our two current non-staff elders at the church, um, specifically where where Josh sort of interviews Joel about his experience specifically as an Asian American man in our country and in the church. And so this is just uh, once again, not uh, an end-all be-all conversation, um, but it's another way uh, that we can continue to talk and think and reflect in light of the gospel about race and uh, how we can how we can do better as as a local church community. And so I hope you find this conversation helpful. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Joel and Josh. Well, hello, Dwarf Hope Northeast. This is Josh Wilder, one of your lay elders, and I am here with Joel Law. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, like name? L-A-W. <laughs> like L-A-W. Uh, that reminds me, I had a, uh, I had a professor in seminary whose who's, uh, name was Chun Leong Xiao, and um, nobody could ever get it right. When, like the, the way that the English phonetics, the way that right. they decided to spell it didn't really... Uh, sound like his name. <laughs> so you're not alone there. He's from yeah. Singapore, by the way. Um, anyways, Joel, why don't you tell us um, a little bit more about yourself? Well, I've been in vocational ministry for a while, and uh, uh, right now I'm with International Students Inc. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a missionary, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm reaching out to college students, maybe at PSU, maybe at PCC. They're mm-hmm. from all over the world, mm-hmm. and right now uh, these are special times, and, and it's kind of tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, I've done other things. Uh, I've been an accountant. I've mm. been uh, a driver for FedEx. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's so. Right. So Joel probably knows your address, by the way. <laughs> if you tell him your address, he, he could tell you where in Portland it is. Um, but one thing you didn't mention, Joel, is. Uh, in case those of you who are listening don't know, he's also one of the elders here at Door of Hope Northeast. And this is one of, I think, a series of conversations that we wanted to have um, as as elders of the church. And they're not so much to uh, declare the position of Door of Hope Northeast regarding um, race in America, but just open conversations, especially with people who are not part of the dominant majority culture, uh, both in Portland, but also, I mean, Dorvope Northeast is, and Dorvope Southeast, mm-hmm. realistically, are predominantly white evangelical churches with their own way of doing things that are culturally conditioned. And uh, we just want to hear more um, from those who aren't. You know, yeah. coming from that, coming from that space, and and hear the things that you guys have to offer. Do you have any opening? Well, I'm just really, that? I'm just really excited <clears throat> to be part of Dwarf Hope. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I, I like the uh, the potential. I like where lo- we're located. Mm-hmm. I like that we're reaching the the city. Yeah. And where we're in the city, we're going to be reaching a lot of interesting people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I, I genuinely hope that the city does continue to increase in interesting <laughs> and, and different people yeah. um, because it's that definitely the demographics are changing 
Um, but we'll see who, who exactly that brings to our church. But um, why don't we start, Joel, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family background? You know, where are your roots? When did they mm-hmm. come to the North American continent? Where did you grow up? Yeah, sure. That sort of thing. Yeah, my, my parents are from southern China, mm-hmm. and they're both third-generation Christians. Oh, okay. Uh, missionaries from the U.S. went over to China mm-hmm. with the gospel near the turn of the century, mm-hmm. in the early 1900s. Yeah, so that was before the Communist Revolution. They yes, kicked, kicked much all before. Missionaries out. Yeah. Right, right. And so they introduced Christ to uh, my, my families, and, uh, uh, well, they... they you know, ran with the good news of Jesus, oh. and they left you know their traditional um, <clears throat> religion behind because mm-hmm. this was something far better. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, anyways, they they uh, went to uh, to seminary in China, oh, wow. but it was near that transition time of 1949 mm-hmm. when uh, they could see the writing on the wall. They could see that China was going to close their borders. Right. And, and the seminary that they attended, it was a Christian and missionary alliance seminary mm-hmm. uh, in China. They went to Hong Kong. Okay. And my parents had already started attending seminary, mm-hmm. but for their uh, final year, they, uh, they followed the school to Hong Kong. Got it. And from Hong Kong, they graduated and they, uh, they did church planting in Vietnam. Oh. So it was just wow. a, a pioneer start. Yeah, you know, yeah. had no support. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and and so I was born there in Vietnam. Wow. And I was only there for you know less than a year. I can't remember anything right about Vietnam. Mm. And then uh, so in the late fifties, our our family moved to Chicago because okay. uh, there was a uh, a Chinese population in Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, they. There was a congregation that was needing a pastor for this immigrant church. And so uh, we went there in the early part of uh, the 60s. Um, uh, I grew up there. Hmm. That's that's such a, a great story. But you grew up in, uh, so in the Chicago area. In, in Not only Chicago, but also Oakland. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd moved to... Uh, uh, Oakland in, in 1964 mm-hmm. uh, because there was an even greater influx of, uh, of Chinese population right. there. <clears throat> and so, you know, there was an invitation uh, for my father to, to go over to Oakland. I see. I see. And so um, I had a little bit of um, both Chicago right, and Oakland. Right, right. Yeah. So what, what age would you say that was roughly? Uh, well, uh, school in Chicago was uh, from K to 2. Right. And then Oakland was three, oh, wow. third okay. grade up. So you're talking yeah. like seven, eight years old, something right. like that. Right. Right. Wow. Chicago, <clears throat> um, I, I lived in a uh, transitioning neighborhood. Mm. Uh, it was mostly white. Mm-hmm. And, and my memories bring me all the way back there. I could remember my, uh, you know, when I was two years old and mm-hmm. up from, mm-hmm. from there. Mm-hmm. It was a predominantly white neighborhood. But it was transitioning. Right. Uh, Latinos had had moved in. I see. But um, uh, I was probably the only uh, Asian guy in mm. my whole uh, class level. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know how how did that 
How did that affect you being the only Asian student (laughs) in your class? It it was rough. It was rough because, you know, I I was, you know, uh, different. Mm -hmm. Right. And And you can't hide it. Nope. Nope. And so during uh, recess time is something Mm -hmm. that I I, I normally, you know, would love, Mm -hmm. you know, to get out there and and goof around and release Mm -hmm. some energy. Right. Yeah. Uh, The hard part about uh, recess time almost every day was that. Uh, classmates and even kids not in my class they mm-hmm. would you know come up to me and point out you know my differences and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they would uh, uh, they would taunt me mm-hmm. they would you know do the slanty eye mm-hmm. uh, gesture mm-hmm. and they then they would laugh and tell me to go back to China or Japan or wherever right. they, they thought I came from wow. and they would run away mm-hmm. they'd be laughing mm-hmm. at my expense yeah wow yeah. Did that um, did that produce bitterness in you? Did you ever want to fight them, or like what what was your response to? Well, to that? you know that, that's interesting because uh, you know my response was internalized. Okay. Rather than understanding what was going on as a youngster, mm-hmm. I, I I didn't I didn't look at these classmates and 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 uh, and say hey what these guys are doing is, is wrong. Right. Uh, what I did is, I said, wait a minute, I'm not normal. Mm-hmm. And and uh, then I felt bad about what mm-hmm. I saw in the mirror. Right. You know, I saw yeah. a guy with brown eyes, black mm-hmm. hair, a flat nose, mm-hmm. and uh, I I was I was angry at God. Oh. And mm-hmm. they said, I was like, God, how come you put right. me in this family? How come, you know, I'm yeah. different from, from everyone else? Why right. Can't, why can't I be like these? Yeah, I just want to be like everyone else. Right, right. And then mm-hmm. in Oakland, you know, I, mm-hmm. I ran into the same thing. I, right. You know, when we moved, I said, okay, this is going to be great. You know, uh, I'm going I'm to get away from, from this. But yeah. what I found in Oakland was the same thing. Yeah. And, and um, both neighborhoods was... Um, we're transi- transitioning neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and you heard the term white flight before. Right, yeah. yeah. I've seen it mm-hmm. in both places. Yeah, yeah. In Oakland, mm-hmm. it was a white neighborhood, and, and it was transitioning to blacks and Asians. Wow. And mm-hmm. so when I got to Oakland, uh, my experience at school as a new kid, of course, I, I got into a lot of fights, mm-hmm. you know, because new kids always get picked on. Right. Just because you're new. Yeah. And then you layer over that your right. new kid who doesn't right. look like everyone else. Right. That's another layer. And and we did move around from um, house to house. Mm-hmm. And so I, I changed schools frequently. <clears throat> oh. And and uh, I, got, I got into fights. Mm-hmm. But the hard part uh, was when, when uh, I went home after school because we didn't have busing. Mm. Uh, so it was 10-block walk home. Okay. And at school, you know, having a fight is one thing, but mm-hmm. walking home is a different story. Right. I would find myself surrounded. Yeah, yeah. By kids who wanted to confront me at school. Yeah. And they brought their buddies with them. Mm-hmm. And 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 the the thing was, these groups that confronted me were were all racially um, uh, segregated. It was mm-hmm. it'd be white guys wanting to beat me up. Mm-hmm. Or it would be black guys <laughs> wanting to beat me up. So yeah, yeah. You took it from both sides then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So things wow. were complicated. Yeah, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Um, wow. Thanks. For, thanks for share, sharing this. I mean, yeah. it's so so foreign to um, to like 
those of us who are part of the dominant culture, like, yeah, maybe, um, maybe you get picked on if you're short or something like that, but, um, but not everybody picks on you and, and, um, it's not as, uh, I guess the, the difference is not as obvious and you know, kids are like anything that's different. They, they tend to sort of poke at and not really know what to do, Mm -hmm. but it's just such a different experience for, um, for those of us who are part of, I guess you just call it majority culture. And in this culture, that means pretty much being white. Were there any um, long-term effects? Like, was there like a long-term impact of like the, being on the butt end of some of this stuff? Yeah, there was, there was. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it took um, a lot of reflection in hindsight, Mm -hmm. you know, 2020, uh, vision in in hindsight, but, Mm uh, over time, I I I, um, I did relive a mm-hmm. lot of these experiences, mm-hmm. and sometimes I would be uh, uh, awakened. You know, I'm trying to sleep at mm-hmm. in bed at night, and and uh, I, I find myself getting hot, getting sweaty, and mm-hmm. and my heart uh, heart rate goes mm-hmm. up because I'm thinking I'm living these things, or mm-hmm. and it's not just limited to to nighttime, but mm-hmm. uh, in the daytime, you know, I get cut cut off in traffic, and someone does a power move on me, and, and mm-hmm. sometimes uh, I, it kind of brings me back to, mm-hmm. to those hard mm-hmm. times, and and uh, you know I, you know, uh, I, I want to take justice into my own hands. Right. I, I want to think, I want to dream about getting even. Right. You know that that's yeah, just yeah. human nature. Uh huh. Oh yeah. And. Mm-hmm. But we're missing the point of of, of grace, right? You know, mm-hmm. I, I I sure would not be want to be the uh, the judge, um, and I I think it's important yeah. that we allow God to be the judge because I sure am a imperfect judge, and I'm glad that uh, um, that God didn't allow me to be the judge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, this is something that I just have to wait for. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so. How how are you feeling now? Is there still yeah. like some of that resentment there that you're having to like say, Lord, this mm-hmm. is in your hands, or is there some level of resolve? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. Um, I would say during my middle school years, mm-hmm. um, I um, I went through a series of um, of, of crises, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, they were they were major steps of Understanding um, who uh, who Jesus uh, is to me and what He's done for me, mm-hmm. and I'm, I guess it's understanding the Lordship mm-hmm. uh, of Christ, and it didn't come right away. I didn't understand, yeah. you know, what yeah. I got into. And, <laughs> yeah. It's and, funny how that works, huh? Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't. It's almost like if the Lord told you everything that that this entailed up front, you probably wouldn't agree to it. So He just gives you a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, absolutely, and, and, and so uh, it, it's amazing. Our salvation is uh, so multifaceted. It's not just one absolutely. one thing, but it's very intricate, and mm-hmm. uh, it's got something for everybody. Yeah, and and whatever my hurt was, you know, God had something for that. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I've come to the point where I <clears throat> I could appreciate and thank God for placing me. You know, in my family, for mm-hmm. my culture, mm-hmm. uh, and understanding that uh, 
that God loved the whole world, mm-hmm. not just one race, mm-hmm. uh, but absolutely. everyone. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. That's that's great to hear, and that's a message that the world needs to hear for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I could embrace my my culture now, and mm-hmm. uh, but I know it's a struggle for a mm-hmm. lot of people, right? Of, of minority mm-hmm. uh, color, and uh, in in my own family, there's uh, you know a wide spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, of of how you know we we align ourselves, you know some uh, some align ourselves uh, with the dominant culture and, mm-hmm. and right and it go, and there's some that goes the other way and yeah yeah I I have um, noticed that in my conversations with others I can think for example when I was in uh, when I was in Canada a couple of years ago. Uh, there were people from all over the world, obviously, yeah. and and there were some who were trying to maintain, um, like, kind of pull their culture in with them and mm-hmm. and suffer as little assimilation as possible. And there were others who were like they wanted to assimilate. That's exactly they left wherever they came from because they wanted to leave all of that behind. So right, right. Um, I think that's it's good to note that. You don't speak for everyone who is Asian American or even South Chinese, yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. but you are one uh, among many. Yeah, that, um, that term Asian American yeah. is a really broad right, term. Right. Yes. And you, you you could have you know Chinese mm-hmm. uh, who uh, whose ancestors came you know in the eighteen hundreds mm-hmm. you know and they, they came for different reasons. Right. Those who came in the eighteen hundreds came to escape starvation. Right. In China. Yeah. And then in the late 1800s, they came for employment with you know the railroads right. or yep. the gold gold yep. rush, yeah. and uh, and then later on a- after the uh, Chinese Exclusion Act, right, uh, 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 people came for different reasons, mm-hmm. and and so the dynamics are different. Then you got the Japanese, you got right. you've got the South Asians, mm-hmm. you know, the Indians, you got the Pacific Islanders, right. yeah, yeah, you know, and then that's a very a broad group as right, well, right, yeah. <laughs> Another question that I have for you is like, how have you responded to recent events? And I, I mean specifically, George things Floyd. really got ramped up, yeah, with George yes. Floyd and the protest, even ongoing protests that are still going on. How, how, how do you respond uh, when something like this happens? Well, yeah, you know, this is really unfortunate, and you know, right off the bat, I'll, I'll say that uh, you know that was that was a, you know, a wrongful uh, death there. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, someone got carried away, absolutely, and uh, and we we all saw the same thing, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a uh, Hmong or Mian officer mm-hmm. uh, who stood by mm-hmm. and and uh, didn't stop this from happening, and mm-hmm. that, that that's a problem. Right. Even even yeah. when there were bystanders saying, "Hey, he can't breathe. Get up!" and he's saying, "Stand back," you know, yeah, or right. we'll arrest right. you. Yeah. You know? Right. And and I guess uh, that kind of sums up um, how many Asians. Have uh, responded uh, in the past. You know, we've watched, mm-hmm. and and that wasn't uh, you know quite right. Yeah. And and you know, yeah, we should have um, uh, stood up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I guess uh, the blacks um, they have uh, borne the brunt mm-hmm. of uh, of things. I think there's been you know a whole lot more lives lost. In, in the past, you know, uh, with police brutality and other mm-hmm. things like that, 
Not to say that the uh, the story with the Chinese and other Asians, uh, you know, uh, not to say that we didn't experience those things. Certainly, there, yeah. there were a lot. There were a lot of lynchings going on. <laughs> yes, and, yeah. And World War Two, the Japanese sort right. of being quarantined into concentration right, camp right, type right. things. Um, but yeah, there's mm. definitely had their fair share. And, and, and so this uh, George Floyd uh, incident did blow the uh, lid mm-hmm. uh, off of things. And one thing I can be thankful for mm-hmm. uh, is that uh, it's got uh, Christian leaders yeah. talking mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. And there had not been enough dialogue yes. in the past. <clears throat> and you know, I, I didn't have a positive experience with you know all other minorities growing mm-hmm. up and mm-hmm. and we never talked about it yeah the churches didn't talk about mm-hmm. it right and, and I wish we had yeah and and you know I, I didn't tell my my parents all that happened to me right my parents uh, I didn't want them to you know mm-hmm. uh, to be bothered about that right um, but and, and that that's my fault mm-hmm. you know and and I owned that uh, but I what I should have done is told my parents about it mm-hmm. you know and and you know as uh, my father was a pastor, and you know, I, I, uh, I've never once heard, you know, you know, the church as a whole address, you know, racial issues, right. mm-hmm. and and what what better uh, uh, vehicle is there than a church to yeah. t- talk about community and race and mm-hmm. you know, these kinds of things? But right now, uh, you know, as we speak, there's there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, talk. Going yeah. on, mm-hmm. that that's uh, being put out there on on YouTube and in right. various forums, mm-hmm. and we can access these things. And 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 now I think we're starting to to just open the door right. to this um, mm-hmm. kind of conversation, and um, you know it's just a start. Yeah, it, it needs to uh, it needs to keep going. Yeah, it needs to. That that was kind of I think we we talked about this at an elders meeting of. of how do we not just sort of get swept up in the wave of what's happening right now because it's in the news and and people pay attention to what's in the news but how can we over the long haul you know in in 10 years still be having the conversation still be paying attention to it so we don't know exactly how that works but we got to start somewhere we got and so this conversation I, i think is just one of many many pieces that will probably go into go into that. And now you, you mentioned the church, and the and and that's a good segue into another question. I was mm-hmm. like, how how do you see the church playing a role in? Uh, I don't even know. Uh, one of the hard things for me in doing the research is you is even the language that we use to talk about race. Some people are okay with it, and some people are like, no, you can't use that. So I'll just use the term racial reconciliation, mm-hmm. even though sure. I, I know that there yeah. are problems with that. But like, how can the church um, be an agent of racial reconciliation, both as a, as a, a within itself? Mm-hmm. Because obviously, like, the churches are, are segregated. You know, you have Chinese churches, you have Latino churches, yeah. you have um, black churches, you have white churches and then you have like self-consciously multi-ethnic churches um so one part of the question is how can how do you see like churches being able to um be an agent for the reconciliation of race within within their own body but also in the maybe in society at large yeah you know i think um it's great to have these um uh, ethnic churches that are geared for for immigrants, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
but there comes a time when uh, the Im immigrants have been established for some time mm -hmm. and the next generation uh, doesn't share the same cultural values as right. the original church. Right. And they, they want to have more in common with the dominant culture. Right. But then the dominant culture says, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're really different. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so the, the, the next generation is, finds themselves yeah. in, in no man's land. Right. They call that third culture. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And so um, I think for uh, churches that are newly forming, they should mm -hmm. be aware of this, right. this dynamic and mm -hmm. they, they could gain yeah. uh, from, from uh, reaching out to these people. Yeah. And, and these, these people, the, the next generation guys, they would uh, really benefit from finding a place where they could belong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I, I think a lot of churches that are located in, in diverse areas, they need to understand, wait a minute, okay, if, if there's only one color here in our church, mm -hmm. you know, why are we doing that? Right. You know, mm -hmm. are, are we, uh, is there an advantage? Mm -hmm. You know, are we benefiting our community right. by, by being this way? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think there has to be some kind of introspection at that level. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's difficult, I think, for any group of people who are relatively homogenous to see and understand their own blind spots. You really need people who aren't the same in order to do that. And yeah. that's why, of course, that's why when we read scripture, we do it in community. When we come and worship, we do it in community. Yeah. Um, however, that the, the people who sort of have been at the front of uh, leading that mm -hmm. have tended to be predominantly homo like a homogenous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Representatives, you might say, of the dominant culture. So it is, I, I think, important to um, to have other leaders, or if, or at least yeah. give them a position where they have yeah. a platform or, or their their voice is actually heard. Yeah. Right. right. Um, which which actually segues nicely into the, uh, another question I had for you, and. Um, in all the listening that I've been doing over the last couple months, I one thing um, stuck out to me that I can't even remember who said it. <laughs> when, it, when you've heard and read so much, like you forget where things came from. But I remember someone saying that um, it was somebody who was a minority who was part of a predominantly white evangelical church. And the way they described their experience was, I feel like very a very welcomed guest in someone else's home. But I don't feel like this is my home. You know, you come in and everyone's nice and everyone treats you well, but it isn't like this isn't my place. Uh, this is someone else's place. Got right, great hospitality, right. but it's not home. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how long, like how long you've been involved in in predominantly white evangelical churches, and how distant you are from the culture there. Um, but is, do you do you can you think of anything that could be done that would uh, that would make that space you know both Sunday and and our our culture um, a place where it can feel like home to more than just the predominant because because mm -hmm. there's no way to get out of the, yeah. the fact that there are more yeah. white people than non-whites right I, I don't know how we're gonna get around that but yeah we can at least make it home for more than just sure you know yeah uh, white people so do you have any suggestions along those well lines? I think we just need to be um, aware mm -hmm. of our surroundings 
yeah. and and uh, we should try to reflect you yeah. know what's around us let's say for example if if uh, Portland is you know nine percent whites and there's you know ten percent other people mm-hmm. if we can have a kind of a representative right. of that percentage mm-hmm. uh, in your leadership team right yeah um, and, and by the way I'm, I'm just really glad that you know I'm, I'm uh, included as an elder here yeah. at Door of Hope, you know, mm-hmm. I think this is this is awesome. Yeah, yeah it, it it makes a a, a big statement mm-hmm. right there. Uh, yeah, and uh, um, I think it's important that uh, when when people um, uh, uh, come and visit, they mm-hmm. come through the doors of our church. Uh, I think it's important that uh, we don't just watch mm-hmm. from a distance. Right, you know, but we we uh, you know engage, yeah, talk, yeah, yeah. Uh, welcome them. Hey, yeah. I'm I'm glad you came mm-hmm. to Dorf Folk Northeast. Thanks, right. for, yeah. thanks for coming. Yeah, and uh, uh, not stop there either. Right, uh, but hey, uh, wh- what are you doing next uh, weekend? Would you like mm-hmm. to get together for coffee or right. something like that? You know, uh, yeah, uh, and, and and so yeah, I I think. Um, uh, uh, you know, if we just stay aloof and and, and uh, watch from a distance, you know, it really sends a bad message. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I've got some personal uh, experiences about that. Yeah. You know, because I was involved with youth work when I was mm-hmm. up in Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a youth rally mm-hmm. uh, that that was uh, put on by the denomination, and uh, they brought brought in this really uh, powerful speaker. He had a great mm-hmm. Uh, life testimony. Yeah, his name is Dave Busby, and uh, I, I believe he he's passed away already. But mm-hmm. you know, he was suffering from uh, cystic fibrosis. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know, despite that, man, he could he could preach. He, he could really lay it out there. Yeah. You know, and use you know, one hundred ten percent of his lungs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, this rally though, it was in a place called White Rock. Mm-hmm. BC and mm-hmm. it is it, it's kind of reflective of who would be there yeah yeah and and it was all whites mm-hmm. and I was with a Chinese church okay and I, I brought in our youth group we had about mm-hmm. 20 people mm-hmm. and and when I brought those our, our youth group in mm-hmm. you know it, it, it was very awkward mm-hmm. all eyes it felt like all eyes yeah. were, were on us mm-hmm and and not necessarily in a good way yeah not not not, not in a good way they okay yeah. you know they, no one said hey you know thanks for coming right yeah you know we're glad mm-hmm. to see you and mm-hmm. tell us more about you know where you live and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. what school do you go to mm-hmm. uh there was none of that yeah, uh, yeah. and and uh and so throughout the night i think a great opportunity was mm-hmm. lost i don't think a lot of our kids yeah uh, uh heard what the guy had was to say saying, yeah 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 that's unfortunate yeah, and even afterwards, you know, uh, nothing happened. And then with my uh, colleagues, you know, from these various different churches, mm-hmm. you know, I ne- never, you know, got a phone call or mm-hmm. we didn't have texting <laughs> back then. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it would have been great if, uh, you know, some of the leaders of these other churches would have recognized mm-hmm. that and said, hey, wait a minute, we, we kind of blew this. We didn't mm-hmm. prep uh, our 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 kids to to um, receive you guys and right. and and there probably was some short-sightedness on my part too I yeah. I probably could have helped this whole process by saying mm-hmm. hey wait a minute I'm, I'm bringing you know a group into this rally right could you make sure that some of your kids try to interact with ours yeah yeah so yeah. they don't feel awkward or yeah, obviously right, different right. yeah yeah wow 
And so after after the uh, the rally, you know, we we just uh, you know headed for the exit, mm-hmm. and, and that mm-hmm. was that. And that was it. No, <laughs> yeah. no networking. No making, networking. Making no. connections. No. Yeah. I read this book called Divided by Faith. I don't know if you you've read it. But in, in there, they kind of catalog how Promise Keepers was kind of like at the forefront of the whole culture. Like even yeah. the secular world didn't yeah. really care about racial reconciliation. Right. But Promise Keepers yes. um, was was yeah. doing that. But in the book, it also said like this was very limited in what it could do because yeah. the main message was like, hey, make friends with someone yeah. of a different race <laughs> than you yeah. and ask for forgiveness and forgive and yeah. and that sort of thing. Do you have any thoughts on like what what more should maybe should have mm. happened to to keep that momentum yeah. going? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, in fact, I did go to the uh, Promise Keepers for Pastors mm. in Atlanta, mm-hmm. okay. and, and that's when they had their big um, uh, call for racial right, reconciliation. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I did observe some of that, and some of it was going on, mm-hmm. but I would say not all mm-hmm. uh, uh, were on board with that. Right. I, I, I heard murmurings, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we don't need this. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't see any need for right. racial reconciliation. And, right. And uh, uh, I, I've talked to uh, some, some uh, people, I've overheard conversations, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what happened you know, long ago, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's another time. Yeah. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. This Let's is, just forget about it. Move on. Right. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it's mm-hmm. like as if mm-hmm. time heals all wounds. Right. But, right. But it really doesn't heal yeah. all wounds. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the wounds are still there festering. Yeah. And nothing mm-hmm. has changed. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the recent events of George Floyd, you know, kind of uh, uh, illustrate that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. One thing that I noticed... Um, and not to make this podcast about me at all, but I, I when I was in seminary, I went to a, a black church. I was the mm-hmm. only white guy in an all-black church for two years. That's great. And one of the things that I learned there was um, that, was that they have a, a very strong sense of collective identity. Yes. So yeah. um, it's when something happens to one of my brothers... Um, that happens to me. I, mm-hmm. I feel it as though that's my literal brother or my yeah. literal son. Right, right, right. Um, and they they really feel and that I haven't found that in, among white culture, including myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so very often, whites tend to look at the past and say, "Oh yeah, that was something someone else did. I don't need to ask for forgiveness for what someone else did. Right, right. But if you take that more collective and say, like, I am actually a part of a longer piece of history. The collective we. Yeah, exactly. Like, and so I actually do, in a sense, need to, need to say, like, that's part of my story Mm -hmm. instead of like neatly snipping out all the things that don't fit into my story. Like, my story of, of being white has to do with like the American Revolution and all the good things right, that right. happen, but you can conveniently snip out um, the bad ones. Um, I've, I've found that to be um, a, a difficult thing yeah. personally to, uh, to come to grips with and, and also for my white brothers and sisters to come to grips with. It takes a lot of humbling. It, it does, yeah, to, to really... Um, to really see yourself as, as yeah. uh, the the inheritors yeah. of both the good 
and and the bad because there is um, one thing that I've read that I thought was really helpful um, f- from among those with whom I, I very much disagree. One of the things that I've mm-hmm. I've learned from them is that there there is there is a shared history going on here. There there mm-hmm. aren't multiple histories like right. the the history of America isn't the history of white America. Right. Right. right? The history of America is the history of the Native Americans and the Europeans and mm-hmm. the Asians and the and the Africans and many others, and we're selective learners, <clears throat> right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we all tend to say like, "Oh, this is you know, this is our story. That's your story." And we all look at it different. Now, there's actually one story that we all have participated. We have in to have way. a shared narrative before exactly. we could move forward. Mm-hmm. I've heard mm-hmm. uh, someone yeah. say. Yeah. So uh, in in light of all that, where I was trying to, trying to go with that was the 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 idea of of a, of a collective. Um, like a, a collective sense of this is this is who we are. I, I found that was very strong mm-hmm. in the African American community. Um, from my research in the the few what I would call continental Africans, you know, coming mm-hmm. straight from Africa, yeah. there, yeah. Um, they have a very strong sense of of collective identity. So yeah. it yeah. makes sense that it it carried over yeah. across right. the Atlantic. Do you find that maybe not so much among Asian Americans because that's so broad, mm-hmm. but but is there a strong sense of collective identity, say among like Chinese Americans, uh, Korean Americans, or do you, do you find it stronger at least in the way that Europeans <laughs> <to> see them <laughs> see themselves as like we're all just individuals out there, and that's how I treat everyone as though they're just an isolated individual. Yeah, well, I guess uh, uh, the. Uh, Asian Americans, the Christian Asian Americans are, are really scattered, mm-hmm. uh, unless you're in the context of a uh, 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 Asian church. It's, right, it's, right. It's hard to have that. Yeah. Uh, outside of it, you know, you, you're into alignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, there are a lot of uh, uh, Pan Asian churches in California, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. might be the, the a growing trend in other yeah. places. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I think there would be a lot of that, and, um, but I, I agree with you that we do have to have this uh, uh, collective identity yeah. uh, uh, beyond just the individual. Right. And we we look to uh, Nehemiah, mm-hmm. one of his great right. prayers. Yeah, you know Nehemiah nine, right? Yeah, yeah. right. He, yeah. For, for, forgive us, mm-hmm. you know, for we have sinned. Right. Yeah. You know, and and he includes himself. Yeah, right. Yeah. He could say, "Well, I was born in I was born in Babylon. I wasn't back. You know, I wasn't alive back then when when your people were sinning." But yeah, uh, yeah. He he identifies himself, and you see this all over Scripture too, right? With sometimes when when. Uh, one person commits a sin, the, their it whole family, the, yeah, the, yeah, their whole family, the whole tribe. Uh, the, mm-hmm. There's effects on that. When somebody does something that's, um, somebody does something good, like for example, the Levites were given the priesthood because yeah. of what Levi did. Right. Um, so their their scripture tends to have a much more collectivist um, sense of self than. Those who've descended from the European race, yeah. it seems yeah. at least. Um, yeah. Before you go on, I, yeah. I, I just also want to say that no one, no one uh, uh, skates free here. Everyone's right. Got something on their scorecard. Yes. You know, and, and everyone's got a black eye from something. Right. Right. Yeah. right. And I yeah. think it's important mm-hmm. uh, that that we uh, all take ownership right. of of. Our, our collective failures. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you know we can't be saying okay. I hope 
I'll be praying that this other group gets it straight. And, right. You know, yep. But I'm part of the problem. Right. And oh mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, uh, I have some less than uh, pure thoughts, you know, right. about mm-hmm. you know what uh, the other uh, minorities are, mm-hmm. you know, uh, how they're characterized and right. things like that. Yeah, the um, that's one of the things I've noticed once again in, in all the listening that I've done is that it's it's very very easy to to oversimplify things and yeah. say that's the problem yeah. or they are the problem yeah. or yeah. this thing that happened in history is the problem mm-hmm. when uh, you know it's it's personal responsibility right it's the system and uh, it's it's difficult to find people who are saying it's both mm-hmm. it's, it's actually yeah. it is. You, 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 and you, and me yeah. <laughs> is my generation exactly. and the ones that came before. Yeah, right. um, it is personal responsibility and it is a systemic thing that pressures us to behave in certain ways. And yeah. we, we uh, grow up under systems that sort of train us and condition us to behave in ways. So um, there are few, there are only a few voices out there who are trying to say it's it's actually really nuanced and it's it's a both and rather than an either either or. And it's more complicated than we think it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, one more question. Sure. Do you know Mandarin? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cantonese. Cantonese. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, you know, I, I I have a better handle on Cantonese. Okay. I could understand yeah. quite a bit of Cantonese. Okay. Uh, I'm not fluent, but uh, you know I'm probably I can talk like a second grader. And that's oh wow! Where, where that's, I stop. That's you still got a little bit. Yeah, uh, you still got a little bit to your name. That was my first language. Oh, wonderful! And then, so was that spoken in your home then? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was uh, spoken in my home, and mm-hmm. uh, my older brother mm-hmm. uh, flunked kindergarten. Oh, because uh, you know his his English his English wasn't up to par. Wow! And then so. He he went the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, he flipped the switch, and mm-hmm. it was all English. Um, and and uh, you know, uh, the rest of the uh, our, my siblings, we all followed mm-hmm. suit. Followed suit, yeah. And uh, my my parents, you know, I I I, I thank the Lord for my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they they immersed themselves in mm-hmm. ministry mm-hmm. a whole lot, mm-hmm. uh, probably to the detriment of. Yeah. of uh, uh, the family to our relationship mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. and, and so uh, they weren't talking directly to us um, uh, in, in their language mm-hmm. and, and you know the pattern that emerged was they would you know t- uh, they would speak to us in, in Cantonese mm-hmm. and we, we, we would reply in English uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah I see how it works yeah. Uh, I don't know if did you did you study Hebrew or Greek? Yes, I did. Okay, you did. Yeah. So one of the things that I learned pretty quickly is that I could translate from the Hebrew into English, but I couldn't go I couldn't go back the other way. So it sounds a little bit like that. That's yeah. what was happening. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're learning to translate in one, one direction, but not necessarily the other. I could relate. Um, but I'm sure it's a lot. It's a lot easier to maintain when it's a spoken language. These dead languages that we write are <laughs> so easy to lose. Um, anyhow, any final thoughts on? Um, I guess. I guess. The real question is, Door of Hope Northeast mm-hmm. specifically. Any thoughts on like? The mic is in front of you for anyone who cares to listen. Um, what can we do to be a church that's um, 
not just welcoming and inviting to mm-hmm. outside guests, but but is really like, hey, um, let's make this home for people who are different. Yeah. I, I'd like to see more collaboration mm-hmm. with other churches. Yeah. You know, uh, we don't have to uh, model Door of Hope Northeast after someone else, but, right. but we can have dialogue. Yeah. Pastors... You know, I think pastors need to connect and know know each other and mm-hmm. pray mm-hmm. for um, uh, the, uh, the special needs that um, yeah. that they face. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it would be great if you know we could spend more time. You know, sometimes I, I look at the, the, the Christian gatherings that we have, mm-hmm. like missions connections and right. stuff like that. Yeah. These are great conferences, mm-hmm. but I see the same thing there. It's it's mostly white. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the churches of color, uh, they really need to be brought into right. steering committees or whatever. Uh, yeah. And, and I think we can do better right. in those things. Mm-hmm. It's probably not just, you know, uh, missions connections, but there's, there's gaps right. on every level. Right. Uh, yeah, I think, I think you're right there. There is something, um, obviously, like as a... As a member of the majority culture, I don't want to tell any other minority group, here, this is what you need to do for us. Um, and I totally understand, especially like going to that going to that black church during seminary, I, I understand the need for a space to like to have as your own. This is yeah. your your home. You're not having to explain ad- yourself. Ad- yeah, explain mm-hmm. yourself or mm-hmm. adjust yourself constantly mm-hmm. to the expectations of yeah. of a culture outside. Um so, so trying to 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 be a little to reach a, to reach across yeah. is not to yank someone out of their group and say, "Hey, we we need more diversity here." Um, so, I think building that connection helps you at least gain the, the language um, that the that the other group is using right. to identify themselves and among themselves. And it allows you to have, I think, a little bit more access and a little more sympathy for what they're, for what they are, experiencing, yeah, yeah. both collectively and individually. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that just about wraps it up. Unless okay, you have any great. other parting shots. No. Well, I, I think this is something that we could uh, uh, go on and on yes. and on about. Like I said, this is just a start. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, this is one of many. Um, Maybe we'll have you back, um, but we're definitely going to be inviting more more people to have these kinds of conversations because I think they're they're a crucial first step yeah. um, in the right direction. So, well, thanks for uh, inviting me to be part of this, and thanks for uh, you know thinking of this idea. It's yeah, a great idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm always open to hearing mm-hmm. more ideas. To those of you listening, if you're still listening and with us. Uh, We appreciate your time. I hope this was beneficial and we'll catch you next time.